In this episode, we discuss water supplies in Redding. While it's true that the state of California has just declared a drought, there is some confusion as to how this scenario is impacting City of Redding water users. Josh Watkins, water utility manager with the City of Redding, gives us the full scoop on current water sources and supplies in Redding. He also gives some fun details that just might surprise you about historical water rights and local reserves sitting underneath the City of Redding. We hope this episode will address some questions you might have about water conservation while also helping you breathe a little easier about our local water supply. My name is Josh Watkins. I'm the water utility manager here at the City of Reading. I've been with the city for going on 16 years. A lot of it was in the engineering department in public works, but now I'm, I moved out here to our, our corporation yard and I am the water utility manager here at the city. What is the current status of the water conditions in Reading? This is kind of a tough question because despite what a lot of people may see in the news and what you hear about different scenarios in other parts of the state, we are we are all we are actually in really good shape water-wise. In fact, we have enough water um, even though we're in the second dry year hydraulically. And the drought word is being thrown out there, and, and probably the majority of the state is considered to be in a drought. But uh, just given the fact that we are at the, the upper end of the watershed, we live in a part of the state where, uh, honestly, most of the rain falls in the northern half of the state, and most of the people live in the southern half of the state. So we, we just happen to live in an area that, is, that has a lot of water, and we have a... Uh, as a, if I was a financial counselor, I would say we'd have a we have a well diversified portfolio of water sources, and so we have two different surface water sources: the Sacramento River, obviously, as it runs through the the middle of town, that's that's our main surface water source, and then we also have water that comes from Whiskey Town Lake through the Spring Creek conduit, and we have our Buckeye water treatment plant. And between those two surface water sources, that they supply almost uh, three quarters, about 70%, 75% of our water that we deliver to the city. And then really the thing that sets us apart from uh, maybe other water districts or agencies is that we have, we are on top, sitting on top of a very healthy groundwater basin. And so we have 17 groundwater wells that we can tap into and we have a plentiful groundwater basin. There's more water beneath the ground under the city of Reading and the, and the Reading groundwater basin than behind Shasta Dam. So there's just an incredible amount of water. We couldn't pump it down if we tried. Uh, dry years, wet years, you know, the water table may drop you know, a little during the summer, but it, it recovers right back at the end of the year. So we're just in a, it's in a fortunate location. And we've had a lot of good work done by previous people who worked at the city and the public works and the water utility who helped develop these water sources and kind of the redundancy that we have built into our system. Well, that is that is reassuring to hear. Uh, question on, on that note, Josh. So when we talk about conserving water, is that something that Reading, Reading community needs to be concerned with right now? Or is that message of try to do your part to conserve water more to assist other communities, you know, throughout the state that, that might be suffering from from tougher water conditions? Conservation, it, I guess it, it, it probably is a little bit of both. You know, given the fact that where we live and, and how much water we have rights to more water than we would use and we have the we, we have a, a water right that will allow us to grow into the future and we won't have to restrict development or anything like that um, but con- conservation is important not only so that other people you know have water for either cities or farm or you know fish in the environment 
Um, but water is a resource. And so it's not something that you want to waste. So that's why conservation is important. Another thing is it's not free. It's, uh, you know, it costs us as the city money to, uh, to pump and to treat the water and then to send it out through the distribution system to our, to our customers. We have over 565 miles of distribution water main throughout the city. That's, you know, it's an incredible distance. That's about the distance from here to Los Angeles. You know, if, if it was a single pipe run running, uh, you know, down the state. So, so it, it takes money for us to operate and to, to treat and, and disinfect this water and deliver it to our customers. And then, and obviously our, our customers and, you know, we all, unless you live, you're hearing this and you live outside the city and maybe you're on a, a well, a private well, we all pay money. We, we have a water bill that we pay to somebody. So, um, you know, since it's not a completely free resource, uh, it, you know, it is important to conserve and to use it wisely. And then if you were going to talk to somebody about some easy or simple ways that they could conserve water, specifically in the Reading area, what would those be for you? The uh, couple easy things to do is to check in and to be aware of what's going on at your house. If you're a city of Reading customer, and and even if you're not, if you have a water meter and, a, and a, I, I'm a city of Shasta Lake water customer, but we all have, we have these low flow indicators it's a little star or a triangle that's on your meter. Um, so if you went out and opened up your meter lid and you know, found your meter and, and looked at it after you had shut off all the water in your house, make sure the dishwasher's not going and you know, there's no faucets or anything like that on. If you take a look at that and you see um, if that device is spinning, that will let you know if possibly you have a leak. And you know, there's simple things to do to to save water, you know, you hear, you know, turn off the faucet when you're brushing your teeth and, you know, wash, wash your dishes in the dishwasher instead of the sink. It's, it's more efficient way to, to go, but it's amazing how much water, if you do have a leak, say, you know, it's, it's in the, the line between your meter and the house. You know, so it's out kind of in the yard somewhere and it all adds up. So you could have a leak and that water might not even come up to the surface. You, you, you wouldn't even necessarily even know um, there was a wet spot, or maybe you just thought it was part of your yard, uh, but there can be a significant amount of water that could be consistently leaking, you know, out of your pipes, and you're not getting good beneficial use out of that. That's in line with another thing you could do is check your sprinklers and your irrigation, because honestly, the majority of our water use, especially in this hot climate, you know, that we that we live in and we love up here in Reading, our water use goes up about five times in the summer over, you know, say a wet month in December or January. And obviously the majority of that is our outdoor water use. So if you're adjusting your irrigation and you're looking, you know, look at your sprinklers, they might be coming on in the, you know, in the early morning and you're sleeping and you don't realize that, you know, they're spraying all over the sidewalk or running down the street and, you know, why waste water, water in your driveway? You know, it doesn't need it. If the water's running off your lawn, you know, that's, you're putting too much water down anyway. So you know, why waste it if you don't, if you don't need to? Okay. Those are great tips. I didn't even think about the water leaks that could potentially be happening along the pipes in or around your yard. Okay. Let's say you do find something like that. What, what's the next step to take? So say you, uh, you, you shut off everything, you check your low flow indicator, it's spinning. And um, then you're going to have to do some hunting to, uh, to find out because it, it has to be leaking somewhere between the water meter and it, somewhere it could even be inside of your house. Um, so you are going to be going around and looking for wet spots in the yard. Hope, 
you know, hopefully you have an idea of kind of which way the, your, your water line runs. You know, it usually goes along your driveway. Sometimes um, you can figure out or kind of see where it comes up out of your, if you're on a, a concrete um, slab, maybe you can see where the water comes up, usually in the garage near a water heater or something like that. So if you're not seeing these wet spots and, and looking, you see anything outside, then, you know, you could potentially have something um, inside. The worst case scenario would be, you know, you have a leak that you don't know about and maybe it's under the slab and that could get pretty difficult. Um, there are professionals, you know, there's plumbers and there are people that you can call and they can come out and do leak detection and um, do some things to, to help it, help you figure it out. We also offer a service. We can't do anything. You know, we can't make any repairs. Everything be, we call it behind the meter is private. So on, on the house side of, uh, of, the, of the city water meter is the responsibility of the property owner. But you can call us. Our main number at, at Public Works at the courtyard is 224-6068. And we can schedule a, a serviceman to go out and at least give you some ideas, maybe help you figure out, you know, you may not even know where your water meter is. Um, so we can help you do some of those things and kind of give you some ideas to look for. But uh, you know, usually, if it's, if it's a big enough leak, you are gonna you're gonna find it somewhere. Josh, what are some common misconceptions about water usage and conservation? One of the hard things that we deal with in in Reading is, although the majority of water customers do have the water provided by the city of Reading, it's not a hundred percent. So we have Bella Vista Water District on the, the northeast side of town, and we have Centerville Community Services District on the far west side of town, and they provide they provide water to city of Reading customers. So you can live, you can be living in the city limits and be receiving water from a different entity than, than is providing your sewer and your solid waste and garbage pickup and, and everything. So um, it's, it's really important to know, you know who your water provider is. Bella Vista Water District and Centerville CSD, because they are a junior water right holder, they are cut back more drastically than the city has been. And so that's why you've seen in maybe in the news or you received a letter or something in your bill if you're a Bella Vista Water District customer that is talking about mandatory conservation and cutbacks and potential uh, drought rates or fines. And so it can be confusing to, to someone who, you know, you think you're in the city of Reading city limits and there's different there's different rules for different water customers. And it, it seems like a very unique situation that the fact that, like you mentioned, you know, within the city, there's these multiple water agencies. Why why is it that within city limits there are these three different agencies? And why isn't it all city of Reading water? Yeah, I guess that's just historically that is how the city developed. And you know, years ago, the city limits were you know closer into town and and hadn't expanded as much. And, and there's areas of mostly the east side of town that have been annexed and brought into the city limits. One good example would relatively recently would have been the Tierra Oaks area off of Old Oregon Trail and Oasis Road. So as the as the city developed developed and grew, it expanded and it just happened to cross over the boundary into Bella Vista Water District's area. And I, I believe they were established maybe in the, the 1950s. So years ago, there there wasn't any there wasn't much out there. But as this, the city grew and developed, um, that's how we get the overlap. 
So has the city of Reading ever been subject to mandated restrictions or cutbacks? And I mean, if we've had these water rights for so long, have we ever been under any kind of mandatory restrictions? Yes, we have. Uh, In the last drought in 2014 and 2015, the city was mandated by the state of California to cut back 36%. That was just a function of us being in the state of California. They didn't take a lot, didn't take our water rights or really our location or where we are. They really didn't seem like they took any of that into consideration. It was just a across the board cut. And there's a lot of other places in, in the state that, that were in the same situation. And we, we did a good job um, citywide. The, the city really changed its watering practices, irrigation practices in our parks and city facilities. And, and there was a, a big effort to get everybody to conserve because we, even though we, we, you know, we had the right to that water, we were still facing you know, potential penalties from the state. And so that where we, you know, we could be in the future, depending on how this, you know, this dry period, this drought that we're, we've been in, potentially the state could come and say, we're going to mandate a certain percentage of cutbacks and you have to do it no matter what. So at this point, nothing has been said and, and we haven't heard that the state is going to do that. In fact, the governor has said that he's not anticipating doing that this year. But as you know, with politics, things change and circumstances change. So you know, you, t- you take it for, for what it's worth right now. So really, people should start preparing and conserving just in case the state comes in man- and mandates anything. I mean, start thinking about conservation in that terms, even though what you're saying earlier is that Reading is in a good place. We are fine with our water resources, but the worst case scenario is the state comes in and says you have to conserve. Yeah, that would be the the worst case scenario. And you know, as we talked about before, conservation is a good idea, and it's it is encouraged, um, and, and especially conservation from the perspective of eliminating water waste. So, if we're all you know checking our sprinklers and our irrigation and making sure that uh, that we're not you know watering the sidewalk or the streets, and that and that goes for the city too. We get we get calls all the time about different park sites and different areas that are the city's responsibility. And so, and we're passing that message along and, and you know, having the, say, for example, the parks department, um, you know, get their eyes out and, and, you know, make the necessary adjustments uh, that, that need to, because we're not, we're in the same boat with everybody else. And, and that's fine. We, we definitely get those calls and, and, and we'll take them. Um, but it is, like I said, we're all in the same boat. So it is a community effort. And then I also wanted to talk about, there's a really neat tool on the website that I found recently, which is the reddingwatersmart.com. And I really liked how that, it kind of goes through different landscaping plants that use less water that are local or native to the area. And it kind of helps you plan out what your yard could look like if you're going to say, replace your lawn with more water smart or hardy plants for this area. How did that website come about? Did the city build build that piece? We had a partner that we created that and they kind of give us a selection of what plants you know would grow you know well in our climate and, and things like that. And as you were saying, the, the nice thing about that website is you can kind of pick and choose and you have pictures and images of what these plants are, what they'd look like. There's some, I don't know if you're like, if you're like me. I like to, you know, you, you drive around a neighborhood and you see a yard that you like and you want to copy it. Or you see a paint scheme on a on a house and you're like, oh, well, I like how those paint, you know, those colors go together. So this is this website allows you to do that. You can get on there, 
and see different different gardens or front yards, and they'll identify what those plants are. They uh, they give uh, you know not only the the common name, but they give the botanical name too, which you know none of us can usually pronounce or remember. Um, so you can write that down, and then you have exactly uh, what plant you're looking for when you go to a local nursery to, uh, to you know to pick out something. And so you know it. It does a good job of just giving you an idea and you know most of us are kind of visual we like to we know what we like when we see it but you know starting from a you know blank piece of paper and designing a new you know front yard or landscaping you know might be difficult to somebody any final thoughts you have for the reading community take a look at your irrigation you know go check your low flow indicator see if it's spinning uh, just be all just be like anything else just kind of be aware and knowledgeable about um, about what you're doing. So you know, check your check your irrigation. You know, make sure your your lawns, if you, you know, if you do have it, it's not you know soaking wet and and it's uh, there's not any runoff when when you are watering. We can use water, and you know we're lucky to live in a place where it is plentiful. But it doesn't make any sense to waste it, and ultimately it's going to cost you money. You know, so there's no sense of you know throwing throwing your money away. As a reminder, we are really looking for community feedback for this podcast. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for episodes, please email us at podcast at cityofreading.org. We'd love to hear from you and incorporate those questions into future episodes.